the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of the morning show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos that companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message, we're 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. The following program does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the staff, management, or ownership of this station. The following program is sponsored by Max Out Savings Advisors. The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings. And nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Good morning and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka and we're talking savings investments in your retirement here on the Max Out Savings Show. Our show is all about saving money and building up wealth over the long term. Our our motto and our philosophy is to save aggressively, invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. Save aggressively and invest conservatively. So so we've got a lot to talk about here on the show today. We're going to be covering, you know, what what some of the things of, of what happened last year with the markets, uh, what's going to happen this year with the markets, uh, what uh, you know, what are some of the new uh, savings ideas, uh, how to handle retirement, and, and, and what's going on in, in the world today. We live in, in just a a remarkably uh, complex world that 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 seems to getting more complex by the day, and uh, and you have to understand it. it and and I, I think this is one of the keys uh, going forward is. If you look at the world today over the last it's, – it's, as I said, it's materially more complex. It's more volatile uh, for a number of reasons. It, looking, looking out uh, last year, the, the, you know, the, the, the mantra has been you do a 60-40, 60% stock, 40% bonds, passive portfolio of indexing, and, and you'll make money and, and catch the averages, and the market goes up 9.7% a year forever into the future. And, and and that's really not been the case. When I actually, when you put the bonds in to stabilize the portfolio, uh, the, the return goes down. 
but but what 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 has changed and, and what's happened is is last year we had uh, the stock market in the last hundred plus years uh, returns in the S and P five hundred down about nineteen percent, but the bond market was even worse. The bond market came in. Depending on on how you looked at it, uh, the, the bond market had returns uh, the worst in, in the last fifty years, or dep- some people were saying the worst since seventeen eighty nine in the market. And, and so the question is, why were bonds so bad? What what happened to to cause this issue? Uh, it, it, it was a it was a, a couple things. It was it was dealing with the issue of of. Inflation, number one, uh, when when inflation goes up, bond yields go down. I mean, this is basically investing 101. And and unfortunately, uh, when many people were studying this and many uh, money managers, asset managers were studying this, they just skipped over this chapter because inflation had permanently gone away in the world. And the Fed couldn't get interest. They were struggling to get inflation above 2%. No matter what they're doing, it just was not working. And so the question is, you know, what what do they do in that type of environment? And so, well, the answer is, if if you look through inflation over any length of time, the 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 inflation rates are are uh, you know they went they, there's different. We saw surges of inflation. We saw surges of inflation. After world, uh, during world uh, late 1930s into World War II, then we had a plateauing time in the 1950s, and then in the 1960s we engaged in guns and butter, which was the Great Society under Lyndon Johnson, and inflation and uh, the Vietnam War at the same time, and and, and then we had, we had a huge, then we had the <laughs> embargo, which is very similar to the to the Russian oil embargo. And at that point in time, all of a sudden, uh, what happened is is that the uh, the the situation came in in the fact that that uh, inflation started up, and inflation ultimately drove bond prices. The Fed funds close to seventeen, eighteen percent, and and bond yield bond ten year bonds were yielding fifteen percent, and and. And, and, and bonds went down in price because remember, understand with a bond, if interest rates go up, the bond value goes down. Now, it was the worst. Like I said, it's either, depending on what you look at, the long bond went down over 40 percent, the long treasuries, which is an extraordinary drop. Uh, depending on how you look at it, it's the worst bond market in the last 50 years or it was the worst bond market since 1789. Now, it's like, Ted, how is that possible? Uh, you know, we certainly we had higher inflation, and that caused bond prices to go down. But the difference was the Federal Reserve took interest rates to zero in, in during the, the, the pandemic, uh, the COVID pandemic. We had the 10-year bond under a half a percent, which means you, if you invested in the 10-year bond over over 10 years, you effectively got – uh, if you put put a hundred thousand dollars in, at the end of that time, you got five thousand dollars back total. And, and so the problem was is you were making no money on your bonds. So when 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 the interest rates went up and the prices go down, there was no natural cushion of interest rates. If interest rates are at seven percent and the bond market goes down ten percent, which is pretty bad for the bond market, you're only down three percent, and that's something we can all live with. And so. That's not what happened here. Instead, what happened is is the uh, we they were making no money, so a horrible year for stocks and bonds. 
And, and, and so, uh, again, again, the worst year for indexing, passive indexing, of the 60-40 in 150 years. Again, these are just horrific numbers. And, and so, look, we've had a bear market. It's over. That happens once in a while, and now it's up and away. Well, that's not going to happen this time. Okay, It's going to take a different style of investing. And, and, and you say, what do you mean, Ted? Well, look. It's a different world, as we said. We've had 30 years. Inflation peaked in 82, 83, somewhere in there, and started going down. People were getting mortgages at 10% and thought if you could get under 10%, it was a great deal. And and and, and interest rates are very high. Well, inflation started for the next 40 years. Inflation went down. It was peaks and cycles, peaks at the lower lower highs, lower lows, the whole way down. And ultimately to the Federal Reserve's zero inflation rate, which was really fantastic if you're the government and you want to have trillion-dollar debt plus deficit spending every year. It's great because you don't have to pay any interest. But the question is, the mistake the Federal Reserve made and the mistake many people on Wall Street is they failed at look at history. They, they, you know, in, 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 in school, in their MBA programs and their – these, these guys all study the markets. They closely study the 1980s, 1990s, 2000s, uh, 2010, 2000, starting 2000. And, and they knew that. They, they had that down cold. But what they didn't understand, there's actually about 5,000 years of, of, of history. There's about 2,000 years of pretty good historical records. And so, so what they didn't realize is these things run in cycles. The world turns and it comes back around in a circular fashion. It's not linear. And so they were caught off guard and because they felt they were able to predict everything. And so, this, so what we did is during the pandemic struck, we started throwing money. We spent more percentage of GDP than any other country in the world on, on the pandemic in the United States. We threw money at everybody. There was lines out of the Gucci and Louis Vuitton store. There was so much money. The two store, they had to have armed guards to, to control the lines because so many people were rushing out to buy things. There was so much free money thrown at the economy. And that was inflationary. Now, there was a theory out there espoused by the Democratic Party and Stephanie Kelton at Harvard. Keep in mind, Harvard has the smartest people in the world at it. And so they're much smarter than the rest of the of the lower class people at, at say, Texas A&M or UT you know, or other, other, you know, secondary and tertiary universities such as A&M. Uh, and so they came up with a theory that says, look, Actually, you can spend as much money as you want if you're the government, if you control your currency, and you don't ever have to worry about inflation. And if inflation comes back, you just raise everybody's taxes, and there'll never be any inflation. It was the mo- one of the most ridiculous policies in U.S. history, and, and it culminated in inflation over 9%. So here we are today with, with rising inflation, uh, changing world, plunging stock prices. As I said, you know, people were thrilled to get a mortgage under under 10%. Well, I remember I think we bought our first house. I think it was 7 and 3 quarters percent. The 7 and a quarter percent was the mortgage rate a couple months ago. So that's slowing down the housing market. But, but interest rates have gone up, and people aren't sure now. The, the story is is it's we started the end of the year. We ended the year we're going to have a mild recession. 
and, and it could be a lot worse. And so, so Wall Street and, and, uh, and the mainstream media was counseling all the companies that they needed to lay off as many workers as possible because if this was important. We had to lay off workers because that would slow inflation. And then the Fed could cut interest rates and stocks could go up. So, so I mean, this was a real opportunity, and, and they pressured companies. Companies had to be firing workers. I mean, they wanted to hear how you were cutting costs and firing workers. Well, the economy hasn't cooperated with Wall Street. The economy has done reasonably well in here. And why is that? Okay, why are we not going into a really bad recession? We still could, but it's going to take a few things happening in the financial system, which aren't there yet. But And the answer is it, we're in a wartime economy. We're fighting two wars right now. We're we're in a war with Russia. We're we're, we're pouring huge amounts of munitions, and and, and now we're putting M1 tanks over there. We've sent uh, Exocet, uh, the, the missiles over there. The 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 different types of missile programs. We sent the the uh, the, the specialized guided artilleries, HIMARS, I think is what they're called, over there. We're sending all types of weapons and munitions. We're emptying out our stockpiles around the world. We're knocking on Israel's door and said, hey, look, at those, those munitions we stockpiled for you, we need those back because the Ukrainians are having problems. We've got we've to defeat Russia. This is our once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to take out Russia. And so we're at war with Russia. The German – I think it's a foreign minister said – Germany, we're all at war with Russia now. So this is a wartime economy. Now, at the same time, China is threatening, and, and China's looking at this and going, hmm, this is great. The, the Americans are, are basically liquidating all their munitions. Probably, you know, so we're, we're at risk for something else happening with, with the Chinese in the future. But for now, it, it, you know, it's all good, and we're going to take out the Russians. In the second war we're dealing with is is the the, the, the the to save the planet. I mean, the whole world is galvanized because if CO two levels be, become above a certain level, we're all going to die. The world's going to heat up, and that'll be it. Ideally, we'd like to eliminate all CO two in the world. However, plant, all plant life would die, but I, I'm assuming they have a plan for that. But but it, so if you listen to any classroom, you read the Houston Chronicle, that's all they talk about is climate change, you know, CO2 constantly. These are all expensive things. They're all inflationary. Economies don't go down and have recessions in wartime. It, it, you know, they'll have economic slowdowns. Economy is going to slow some, but, but they don't have bad economic. So it, at the same time, we're reshoring our production back to the United States of America. It, 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 we talked about on the show, it's about a one and a half percent a year. We've lost for the last 25 or 30 years of GDP growth because we have been shipping all our factories over to China. So China can build these massive Apple factories and everything else. And so China could profit off the American people. Yeah, it cost us jobs. It cost us factories. It co- they, they basically, it, the technology we didn't give to, give to them, they stole from us. It, and, it, and it, it, you know, we mortgaged our future for the Chinese. But, but now that's coming back, and that's more growth. So it's a different world. It's a more inflationary world. Is inflation coming down? Yes. But it, look, it, it's going to drop some. It could go back down close to zero. But it's probably commodity prices are going up because China's reopening. We're fighting a war with Russia. We're having to, to, to start putting all this production for electric cars, which means you have to put increased uh, electricity production. We have to increase the grid system. We have to in- put it with these cars. That all takes aluminum. That takes copper. That takes silver. That takes lithium. That takes all types of, of metals and materials to build it up. That's going to be inflationary. So, so it's a different world. And it, it, tell you what, let's take a quick break here, and we'll be right back right here on the Max Out Savings Show.
The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer but I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos that companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message, we're 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. In the 1970s, the big song was the Bee Gees stayed alive. Well, it was difficult back then to stay alive if you were a retiree. Inflation was running rampant. And since then, over the last 25 years, it's gone away. Well, inflation's coming back, and it's going to endanger your retirement. If you're a retiree, inflation is your biggest enemy. Hi, this is Ted Gioka of the Max Out Savings Show. If you need help with your retirement, I'd like to help you out. Go to MaxOutSavings.com. That's MaxOutSavings.com. And we'll show you how you manage through inflation. Don't let inflation destroy your retirement. On Radio.com, this is AM 1070, The Answer. Once again, here's your host for the Max Out Savings Show, Ted Gioka. Good Saturday morning, and welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka, and we're talking savings in your investments and your retirement here on the show. Uh, we're looking – there was just a second uh, – by the way, if you have any questions or comments, you can give us a call at 713-339-1070. That's 713-339-1070. Three three nine ten seventy to get your questions answered. Let's see here. Okay, we're working on uh, the technical issues here. The uh, a, a couple thoughts. So we're talking about uh, about about the world is, is is a different place. It's a more inflationary place. It's it, it's it's a more unstable place. And that's that's kind of, that's really what we're looking at here over overall. And by that, what do you mean by unstable? If you look at the, at the crisis in two thousand eight with with the financial system, everybody pulled together. The Chinese, you know, in two thousand nine, 
you know, which we which we lived through 2009. We did extremely well because we again we understood what was happening. We understood that the investment banks were going to fail in 2008. We told you about this on the show in 2007. I remember talking about the failures of of, of Lehman Brothers in 2007 and driving home and thinking, "Wow, this is going to be it for the show." That after I said that, and, and every we you know it was pretty much how we laid out the case. But but in 2009, late late 2008 and nine, the financial system was in trouble. The Americans pulled together, the, the Europeans, the Japanese, the Chinese all pulled together and saved the financial system. The world today is bifurcated. Uh, the, the, the Chinese, the the, the uh, Arab countries, uh, the uh, the Russians, uh, the many countries, some of the South American countries are all realize, and the Indians are realizing they can't completely depend on the dollar because due to the Russia war, we decided to take away the Russia's foreign exchange reserves. So no country can now put all their foreign exchange reserves in the United States because the, in, in the event of a war, and then keep in mind at the time, Russia, U.S. and Russia weren't even at war with each other. If the U.S. somehow doesn't agree with you, they'll just take take your savings away for your country. So they're all looking to the Chinese and the Japanese and the Europeans for changes, particularly the Chinese. So so if the, in the next financial crisis comes, the, the Chinese aren't going to help us out because they're going to have their own system, and they're going to put that out and say, ours is more stable, ours is safer, we're not going to take your money. And it's the same thing with the oil. If you look at oil, the United States of America had – we had the edge on oil. We were producing cheap, cheaper natural gas than anyone else in the world because of the shale boom, which the Biden administration hates because they think it's climate change, and cheaper oil. So we, we lowered the price of oil. We're getting cheaper oil and much cheaper natural gas than anyone else in the world. That gave our manufacturers a manufacturing edge in the world. So it was great. So what do we do? We, 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 the Russians, we go to war with the Russians, and now we go, well, look, if you're using Russian oil, uh, you know, we're going to have w- rules, and a tanker can't uh, do business with the Europeans or the Americans if it's moving Russia, Russia oil. And, and, so, and then we're going to have sanctions so no country can use it. Well, the Chinese, the Indians, uh, the Arab countries, the South Americans, the Mexico, all these people are going, well, I'll take the Russian oil because because Russia goes, look, I'll give you it at a discount 20% under the market. And they're going, look, we'll take it. This is helping our population. It's helping our manufacturing. So what we did is we seeded our energy dominance in, in our edge in cheaper energy to the Chinese and the Indians and these other countries because of the Russia war. So it's not so if there's a cri in the past if there was an oil crisis everybody pulls together allocates oil fairly across the system now if there's an oil crisis it's 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 basically the, the Russians and the Chinese and the other group uh, they're trying to get it the Europeans are trying to get it and we're trying to work with the Europeans so you've got these different groups that don't they're not going to pull together in the next crisis and that's going to make the next crisis much worse and it's also going to push the dollar down longer term and so in this type of environment that we're talking about, you have to look at, do you sit there and just go with the index funds? Back in 2019, uh, November, uh, I think it was November, give or take a month, we said, look, look at the S&P 500. It's like 27, 28% of the S&P, of, of the tech sector's 27 to 28%. This is ridiculous. And then we added up, I think, five or six tech stocks. And we said, this valuation is, I forgot the exact number, eight or $9 trillion in valuation. We said, look, Understand, we have an eight or nine trillion dollar valuation in these super high priced mega cap stocks. 
the total U.S. economy is only $21 trillion. So when this, when these tech stocks start falling, where's the money going to come to support it? And the answer is it's not going to be able to, and they're going to fall. That's what happened. So so those those so all these people indexing got blasted last year with this but but now it's a different world out there uh, tech companies they're selling to the europeans the japanese the europe the chinese don't want them maybe the indians might not want it so companies again a bifurcated world so everyone's careful about who they're sharing technology so in the past the u.s tech companies had the whole world as their oyster now again bifurcated world slower growth but commodities, everybody wants commodities. If I'm a country and I've got, if I've got you know, $500 million, billion dollars in exchange reserves in my country, I can go, hmm, I can put it all at the Federal Reserve and earn some money, but they might take it away. I can put some with the Chinese too. Why don't I buy oil? Why don't I put, buy grain and put it in, in, my, in, 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 in silos in my country? And if there's ever a crisis, I'll just pull that out and I'll give out the grain and, 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 and I can stabilize the country. So I'm going to buy commodities. Because I'm not sure I, if I put the money with these central banks, they might not confiscate it. So commodities became a, another ex- form of exchange reserves. And again, that takes commodities off the market. So commodity producers are going to be a pretty good place to be. And, and again, if, if, I'm, if I'm looking here, it, you know, we've heard all about the electric cars forever, but it never dawned on these geniuses at the Global Economic Forum that that where you're going to get the electricity, if you look at an, at an automobile, over the last 30 years, actually last 50 years, one of the main things that's driven U.S. foreign policy has been oil. Why? Because we need oil for our cars and manufacturing. So we had to make sure that oil was supplied and everything was good with it. So, well, so that was the driver for the last 50 years for foreign policy. But it never dawned on these people when you convert everything over to electric cars, where's the electricity going to come from? If, if your whole foreign policy was dominated for 50 years protecting your energy supplies, then you've got to have to rebuild massive energy supplies in electricity and in, in, in electricity production, uh, electricity uh, transmission, the grid, all types of things has got to be built out. And so, again, these these type of things are all adding up to that's going to be huge amounts of commodities. So commodities are going to be a place to be. Uh, again, with shortages of energy around the world, uh, uh, nitrogen is produced. Uh, a lot of nitrogen in, in fertilizers are produced using natural gas. That's more expensive. The biggest producer. Okay, the biggest producers in the world for, for, for uh, some of the biggest producers, United States, China, and then Russia, Ukraine, in that area. So we've taken more fertilizer off the market there. That's going to lead to higher energy prices. So understand we're in a wartime economy, and it's a fundamentally different thing. In the 1970s, if you index in the S&P 500, you didn't make any money for 12 years. But during that time, there was a lot of money, and the people I learned from made fortunes during that time because they were able – we have to understand your investment strategy. Tell you what, let's take a quick call. Welcome to the Max Show. Hi, Ted. How are you today? Doing well, thank you. Um, I listened to a fascinating interview yesterday with this man named Ed Dowd. I guess he's former BlackRock, or he might still be there. Uh, and he's written a book recently on the uh, the whole fraud with our vaccines going out and all the deaths that it's creating. And he said one of the one piece of evidence that shows that this vaccine is so dangerous is that the profits for our funeral homes are way up. 
He said our own uh, service corporation, International, here in Houston, he said their profits are way up. He said typically they they uh, make money by buying other funeral homes, but now they're making big money just because of all the business they're getting. Uh, and he said casket makers are also, uh, their profits are way up. I just wondered if you'd heard anything about this. No, I haven't, but the death rates are clearly going up, and the vaccines seem to be some type of problem. Let, let, let me give you, this is just my opinion of the vaccines. I'm glad Pfizer and these other companies came up with these vaccines. They're, they're unique, and there's a lot of people out there that they, they would, if they had gone, look, we've got a vaccine to protect you from COVID, there's a 5% chance you might get seriously ill from the vaccine. There's a big chunk of the American people would have taken it anyway because they were so worried. But what happened is it's not that we developed the vaccines. It's the fact that the government stepped in and mandated all the vaccines on everybody. And, and so versus relying on the free market system and, and, and free will for people to choose, that they, they mandated it. And I think that's really where the problem has been with this. And, 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 and I think it was a mistake. Uh, uh, now, if if you're dealing with a virus that has a very high death rate, which this one did not have, it really didn't fit the, the classic uh, contagion death rates, quite frankly, then I think maybe you've got to make some – but they wouldn't look at the facts, and then they just dug in. But, yeah, I mean, the vaccines have been a disappointment. But but I'll say it again. There's a lot of people very happy with the vaccines. There's a lot of people that are really upset they had to take them, and there's a lot of people that didn't take them. So, Yeah. But, yeah. but it should have been a free – this is a free country, and we should have had that, that ability. No, I agree. Anyway, he said – I guess he's got some context in the Biden administration, and they are getting ready to address this uh, excess death problem. But he says they're, they're looking at two possible causes that they want to blame it on. One is long COVID, and the other one is climate change. So get ready. Yeah, that's interesting. I think, yeah, they're going to have to come up with something. Look, I think uh, I think this is a good question or comment. I think this thing coming up in probably September, October, August time frame with the debt is going to be a bigger battle than people think because uh, the, the Republicans are really dug in on this issue. And look, to be very, very clear, there's no way the United States – can continue going uh, with trillion-dollar-plus deficits. We're going to look at what happened in Argentina, and we're fast on our way to Argentina, and that's our big fear. And, and so yeah. the battle lines are drawn, and I think it's, I think it's going to it's going to be a very volatile year. <laughs> well, buckle up and get ready. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the call. Thank you. So if you if you got a comment, you can give us a call at seven one three 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 nine ten seventy. And, and so, so anyway, so so it's a different world. It's going to be more volatile. Uh, we're dealing. So some of we're thinking is it's going to be it's going to be a slowdown this year. We just had a positive GDP for the fourth quarter when supposedly it was supposed to be bad. Inventories were going up some, and that could those inventories could cause a negative print for the first quarter. The economy is slowing, but again, it's wartime, so it's not going to go way down now. The, the, the thing that's the wild card, and that this is what we're studying very closely, is we think something is going to come out of left field. But the trick is you've got to figure out what's going to come out of left field and, and then in how it's going to affect the markets. And so I think you have to understand that. So I think overall you've got to have a more defensive portfolio than normal. And I, 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 honestly, I think we've probably done as good as anybody out there that I know of, out of dealing with these black swans, I, I, it's just with the training. You know, I got 
you know, when I first started in this business was really some of the people that really understood this as good as anyone I've ever seen. And, and, uh, and I learned from them. And, and so we're able to kind of predict. I mean, this is why in February, early February of the pandemic, when everyone was saying COVID was not a problem, we, we were talking supply chain issues. We were talking uh, this is a severe problem and you better be careful. This is why when as soon as the war before the war broke out in the Ukraine, we thought there'd be there'd be some type of invasion it was pretty close to it's kind of obvious. And, and but then we we quickly pivoted and said, look, have you looked at the at, at the at the percentages of wheat? Have you looked at the percentage of, of corn of oats coming from 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 uh, Ukraine, Russia? Have you looked at the percentages of oil and gas coming out of Russia? Have you looked at the percentages of fertilizers coming out of the Ukraine, in Russia, in in Belarus? And they were massive. And, and this is going to lead to more shortages, more inflation. And, and so I think been able to catch these things and 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 and. and and, and try to get ahead of them a little bit on the show. And I think something like that is going to happen this year. We're still very – I mean, this idea of, of the German foreign minister saying we're all at war with Russia now was – I mean, I don't know what these people are thinking. I, I, it, it's really remarkable. They go wild on TV about a shooting where seven people got shot somewhere, and it's the biggest news for a couple of days all over the TV, and we're losing 71,000 additional additional deaths due to fent- the fentanyl thing, which is more every year than we lost in the entire Vietnam War. It, 100, probably 100,000 on each side or close to it deaths in, in Russia and the Ukraine, and everybody thinks this all is a big joke, and, 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 and basically it's like they're playing some video game. Uh, at the State Department and in, 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 in some of the uh, agencies up there, and, and look, they're learning a lot and stuff, but this thing could spin out of control. I mean, the Russians are pretty adamant that, look, if this goes bad for us, you can expect we're going to roll out tactical nukes. And, and the word is the Americans have said, look, we'll sink your Black Sea fleet. Well, at that point in time, you know, you better start just get moving out of the city. I mean, it's just... It, 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 and think of what it's going to do to the financial system. This, this is an incredibly interconnected financial system. The scariest thing about a nuclear attack, even a small one, is in the 1960s, when I was extremely young, everyone was terrified of a nuclear attack in the United States. They were terrified of it. But the interesting thing is we could have withstood a nuclear attack on probably 10 of our biggest cities and probably functioned reasonably well going forward. We can't have half of that happen in this country today because of the interconnectivity and the complexity of our of our of our, our industrial system and our whole economy in, in, in the in the amount of computerization and the need that that will lead to catastrophic failure of the economy throughout the country, more much more so than the nineteen sixties. And so this is something that, that people need to understand and this is why we think it's so important that I think they really need to send a high level delegation over to Moscow and get this thing put behind us. But you know, we'll see what happens there. But anyway, so so tell you what, we're gonna come back from this quick break right here on the Max Out Savings Show. If you've got savings and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. 
but I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos that companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message, we're 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. In the 1970s, the big song was the Bee Gees stayed alive. Well, it was difficult back then to stay alive if you were a retiree. Inflation was running rampant, and since then, over the last 25 years, it's gone away. Well, inflation's coming back, and it's going to endanger your retirement. If you're a retiree, inflation is your biggest enemy. Hi, this is Ted Gioka of the Max Out Savings Show. If you need help with your retirement, I'd like to help you out. Go to MaxOutSavings.com. That's MaxOutSavings.com, and we'll show you how you manage through inflation. Don't let inflation destroy your retirement. On Radio.com, this is AM 1070, The Answer. The Max Out Savings Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. Well, this, this week coming up, we've got, the, we've got another Fed meeting, and, and the expectations is, is that we're going to raise – they're going to raise interest rates another quarter of a point. Uh, and it's, this is going to get it closer to the, to the 5% level, 4.75, somewhere in there. It, and keep in mind, this was close to zero less than two years ago, well, actually less than a year and a half ago. And so this is one of the quickest raises in interest rates in, in, in history. But, but one of the things to understand about that is it's come from a very, very low level. If we're to raise, you know, if we're to raise four and a half or four, you know, four and a half points when interest rates were at three percent, that would give seven and a half. That'd be a big, bigger difference to the economy than 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 at four and a half or four and three quarters. Because remember, inflation is still running close to six percent right now. So. Depending on, you know, maybe it's five and three quarters. Some other numbers are saying it's eight or nine, depending on what the stuff we look at. So it's still, it's slowing the economy down, but it's not, it's, it's, it's not the, the, the massive slowdown that people think. I mean, it's, it's surprising just how many people, there's a, there, everyone on Wall Street wants lower interest rates because asset prices go up and they make more money. But, but the Fed has been very clear that, look, we're raising the rates and then they're probably going to stay up. Now, they look, if the economy goes into a bad recession, they're going to be cutting rates. But but at the first sign of a little slowdown, they're not going to be panicking and dumping rates because they understand how devastating is inflation is to working people. And, and, and we're making this shift as we talked about a number of months, you know, the almost a year ago in the show is they're making a shift from from 
basically help bailing out Wall Street every time there's a financial problem to understanding that, that the American people are upset with inflation. They're mad, and they're not willing to sit there and let another bailout for Wall Street or another, you know, let's cut rates so we can get stock prices up. So it, it makes things much tougher. And I think, again, it's going to make – it's one of the you know, themes today is a much more volatile year in the markets. So – so that's that's something to sit and see. It's going to be interesting what they say. I think they would kind of like actually like the the market to be down further. I think they'd like inflation to be down further, and I think they'd like unemployment to be higher. But it really hasn't happened. It's been surprising how well employment's gone up. I saw some numbers in in places like Taco Bell and and Starbucks and. Uh, uh, the uh, the make you know not McDonald's but the but the other one that does the uh, 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 Chipotle uh, they, they, these people are they're trying to hire ten thousand fifteen thousand twenty five thousand people uh, not necessarily in that order but 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 they're desperate for workers still and so this is this is the interesting thing and a lot of people in the tech sector there's a lot of layoffs in the tech sector look a lot of these guys. They put away a lot of money. They're young people. If they lose their job, you know, they'll go camp out at their parents' house or they'll, you know, they'll go hightail it to Mexico and sit on the beach for a year or two on their savings. And, and, and so it, it's kind of a different world. Remember, in the past, you know, 25, 30 years ago, people, young people, they, they got a job, you know, worked a couple of years. They got married. They got a house. Well, you know, you get laid off. That happens. It's a pretty big deal. Maybe you have some kids. It's terrifying. But if you know, if you're single and you get laid off, you know, that's not, you know, that's it's it, 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 it's worrisome. But it, it's not. It's not like you got a house note. It's not like you have to support a family. And so it's a, it's, it's a little different world. And again, all these things. As we talked about at the beginning of the show, so many economists, so many people on Wall Street are studying the last forty, fifty years and not understanding. That the world has changed, not understanding that we're in a wartime economy, not understanding that there's inflation. Is inflation going down? Absolutely. But is it going down to 2 percent? We don't think so. Uh, you know, not when you're doing this type of mobilization, not when you're doing this type of industrial reindustrialization, not when you're doing this type of, of climate change crisis. But, you know, all those things, you know, people forget we, we passed a trillion dollar stimulus program. I mean, not stimulus, but uh, but uh, a green new energy deal program that, that, you know, was less than that. But it was still a big number with huge amounts of changes. So a couple things I wanted to just touch base on Elon Musk. You know, it, it's amazing. The left has turned on Elon Musk. If there's one person that has changed the world for climate change, one person, it's Elon Musk. He basically made electric cars cool. He made it so people wanted to buy electric cars. He made electric cars affordable. The guy is 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 the, is the closest thing we had to, to Henry Ford, who 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 create. He made it uh, so people could afford working class people could afford gasoline cars, and yet. You know the the the, the press and and, and and the the mainstream media and the Democrats have turned on him because he said some negative things about somebody and if if you don't chew the the line a hundred percent, but it's really fascinating if you look at, at at Elon Musk. So the Democrats passed this bill that you know the the, the Green New Energy bill and they gave seventy five hundred dollar credit, but they shrewdly put the, the credit at fifty five thousand dollars and they cut out. 
Elon Musk because they didn't like Elon Musk, and Elon Musk is non-union, and so they were going to stick it to Elon Musk. So Elon Musk sits there. He's not happy about it. He just sits there and does nothing. Come into year in Now, okay, at the same time, all these auto companies are coming up with new cars. They're all looking at Tesla closely, and they're all coming in underneath Tesla. So they're going to sit there and sell their cars cheaper than Tesla, and they're going to blow Tesla out of the water, and that'll be it for Tesla. Because Tesla's, Tesla's going to be too expensive, and, and Tesla's got the, 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 Tesla doesn't get the, the $7,500 credit. So what does Elon Musk do? Elon just buys his time. He waits patiently, and then right, at, right around the new year, he cuts the price into, to some of his cheaper cars under the $55,000 number so people can collect the $7,500. And now his cars are underneath where all the other – not underneath, but right in line in some cases underneath where some of the other automakers priced their cars because they thought they had a pricing umbrella underneath underneath Elon Musk and, and Tesla. And Tesla collapsed the – Musk collapsed the pricing umbrella. And, and, and so here – and Tesla's had a big run in the stock. But it, it's really a fascinating – uh, you know, uh, Elon Musk is a genius. It's he, he, remarkable what he's done. He can build an electric car cheaper than everyone else out there. His self-driving is, is, is beyond everyone else. This is why the, why the SEC or, or the different agencies are investigating the self-driving because they're trying to, you know, they're trying to, to stop him. But, the, but, but this, is, this is how the free market works, and this is a good example of it. So anyway, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But looking out, again, the theme for this year is, is the market has done well this year. It's up nicely. Many things are up. Bonds are up across the board. So this year's starting out pretty good. But, again, I don't, we don't think this is over yet. If you look at the uh, – let me see. Where was I right here? Yeah, if, if you look at – if you compare the – there's been some uh, of the work of the 2000 to 2003 tech bubble. That was the last time we saw this. There was actually – Seven or eight peaks and peaks and troughs as it went down. In some cases, there were many crashes, and but but five and six were the worst. Uh, six was the worst. Uh, we, we've gone through we've gone through through uh, through basically six, we're on the sixth rise right now, sixth or seventh rise. The, 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 the top off the top six. Was the market corrected twenty eight percent? So the sixth drop, six or seven, depending on how you count, was was the biggest drop, and so the drops became bigger later on. And we saw the same thing in two thousand, where, where where people were constantly, you know, the, a friend of mine were buying Tesla. I mean, not Tesla. They were buying Cisco the whole way down. I'm like, guys, you know, you know, why don't you go buy Ingersoll Rand or buy you know oil companies or something else that are making money here? And, and they kept trying to bottom fish. The, the, the tech sector. Uh, it, 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 and, and so based on the 2000-2003, this isn't over yet. It, it, and so what we're expecting is is some things to come out of the woodwork here later this year with which, which more volatility. Anyway, uh, tell you what, this is the last segment. If you'd like to get in here for a, a, a phone call, you can reach us at 713-339-1070 here at the Max Out Savings Show. Okay. Also, hey, I wanted to touch base the producer. How how are we sounding? Is it coming through good? Okay, great. Thank you. So another interesting thing happened this week. Uh, the, the richest man in India is a, is a, is a person called uh, Gautam uh, Adani. 
in his companies. He's the, one of the richest men in the world, richest person in India. Well, a company called Hindenburg Research came out in in uh, in in, in uh, the the Adani companies are raising about two and a half billion dollars in equity. Well, they they released a hundred plus page report saying, look. There's a there's a, a, a there's stock manipulation in this company and a decade of stock manipulation and accounting fraud and they have substantial debt right now in this company and we think this this thing this thing is in big trouble. Well, the the, 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 the some of the Adani company stocks fell they hit their twenty percent limit and had to stop, and, and so. We, I think long-term, India is one of the more exciting places over the next five or ten years to invest. We'd like to get in there, but right now, I think this is going to affect a lot of the Indian companies. Uh, you know, Hindenburg is pretty well well respected for their, their research, the extent of their research. Yeah, they had some pretty disturbing things to say about Adani. So this is something we want to watch. Does this spread to elsewhere in the world? I, I think – look. The good news is I don't think it, it hits U.S. companies because we've got solid accounting in the United States. Uh, we, we've got good con, uh, controls in place. But for places like China, there's going to be some questions there, and you're going to see a lot of different things looked at. So, th- again, this is, uh, this is what we talked about. We have a much more – as a result of the Russia war, really more than anything else, and, and the sanctions Joe Biden put on the, on, on the Russians, we have a materially more – unstable financial system going forward we've talked about this is we're moving to a bifurcated financial system where the when where people are going to do business with the chinese the yuan based petrodollar it's going to be instead of a petrodollar which is the recycling of you know which helped the recycling of dollars the the, the arab uh, the saudis are going to be taking yuan so you got a petro yuan uh, the the Indians and other countries and the Chinese are buying are buying Russian oil with yuan and, and, and Indian rupee or rubles and so it, there's different things. So in the future, there's not going to be a pulling together and let's try to save save the world economy going forward because if if, if somewhere if the U.S. starts fa- or if China starts to fail, there's too big of an opportunity for the U.S. to let China fail now. And vice versa, if the U.S. financial system gets in trouble, it's not in the best interest of the Chinese. Chinese to bail them out. We were all together for the last 25 years in the Russia war was really a much bigger thing. And then we talk a lot about this because I, I think this is, I think the world changed more. Uh, the financial system changed more uh, since, since the Russia war came out than any time since Bretton Woods came in. And I think it's continuing to evolve. And, and I think, I think that's, as we said earlier, I think it's commodities, industrialization, uh, uh, Build out of, of 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 the Green New Deal. It's it's stabilization of quality energy supplies. It's it's it, 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 do you have food supplies? Do you have access to fertilizer? Those type of things. How many minutes? Two minutes. Two. Okay. And so all of these things are adding up to a different world. Uh, Right now, we'll have to see where interest uh, bonds are going up in price. I think you can move a little bit out upon the curve. Uh, we, you know, we do own, you know, full disclosure, we own some longer-term bonds. We bought uh, at the end of last year, uh, uh, the, the, the fourth quarter, because the, the, one sec, the long-term bonds were down 40%. We bought it more for a trade, still longer-term in a world where the dollar is going to be under additional pressure going forward, where we have trillion-dollar deficits, where we have bifurcation of, of the financial system, out-of-control spending, and a war 
that that's not good for the dollar long term. And so you want to understand that. So you don't want to be in super long term bonds. You want to be shorter term type of instruments so you can kind of judge, see where this is going and understand it. When World War II started, nobody knew initially when when. Uh, uh, oh, tell you what, we're coming up here about the end of the show. One minute, one or two. Two minutes. Okay. Uh, you know, when, when when Hitler invaded the Sudetenland, nobody knew it was going to end up into a world war. I mean, nobody. But but so you don't know where this is going to go and where it's going to play out. So you want to have that more defensive posture. So if you need some help, uh, go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. It's maxoutsavings.com. You can request an appointment. I'll sit down with you. We'll take a look at how you're set for, for retirement. Do you have enough money to retire? And, and we'll show you how we manage money, uh, retirement funds. We manage just retirement funds at, at Max Out Savings Advisors. But we also put out a free report. We're going to be putting out here sometime this week or next, we're writing about, again, where we think the world is going. This is a completely free report. You're not going to get a phone call. You're not getting an email from us. Well, you'll get an email with a report on it. But uh, we used to do seminars, but we don't do them anymore. We'd send out something, but we don't. It's a completely free report. It's a private list to help you out. It's maxoutsavings.com. Maxoutsavings.com. You can sign up for the free report if you need some help. I'd like to help you out. But anyway, in the interim, remember, look, how do you build up wealth? It's real simple. You save aggressively and invest conservatively. As we said, really wealthy people love to talk about that speculative investment they talk they, because it's no fun talking about conservative treasury bonds or or municipal bonds or or you know your your your, your safe stocks that's no fun it's fun to talk about and that gives people a false idea how the wealthy really invest they're conservative anyway i hope everyone has a good weekend and uh thanks for listening to the max out saving show and we see you next week <laughs> General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.